What's up, golf addicts? This is a fun interview with our buddy Dan Rappaport, who just left Golf Digest, just left old Big J journalism media for Barstool to join the foreplay crowd. And Dan's a cool guy. He's been covering golf for a while. He's a great journalist. Uh, we talked a little bit about kind of that transition, the aha moment to getting to Barstool. We talked about whether or not he's seen the big guy Dave Portnoy yet. Talked about his trip to Costa Rica when he stayed with uh, Morgan Hoffman for a couple of days and the effect that it had on him. And obviously we talked Live Golf, PGA Tour stuff, and kind of some similarities between what Liv is trying to do and what Barstool really did to disrupt media. Liv is taking a page out of that book to do some things in professional golf. Dan's a great dude. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Um, and he's got nothing but, you know, he's not he's not doing anything, but he's rising, okay? He's just rising up, all right? Hey, listen, if you've not already subscribed to the weekly emails, you need to do so. They are hot and delivered fresh every single week that there's a tour event, which is like 44 weeks a year. The heavy petting email, the chalk bomb email, everything you need to get going to bet on golf or play daily fantasy golf over on DraftKings. The emails are free. They get dropped to your inbox every single week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I promise you won't regret it. You can sign up in the description of this podcast below or on tourjunkies.com. All right, let's get to Dan Rappaport. What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB back here. I got a special guest on the show. You know, normally we stick to players and caddies and coaches on this show, but I thought we'd mix it up. We've done some media people, media personalities before in the past, but I wanted to bring in our boy Daniel Rappaport, D-Rap as he's known. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Listen, if people don't know, I mean, which I'm sure they do, I mean, you've got like a ton, of, ton more followers than we do. You're a big guy in the golf world. Golf Digest, formerly also, I think, Sports Illustrated. Um, and now with Barstool Foreplay, just recently, man, I, I saw the article, I read the article, um, looked at a bunch of the tweets. Very cool to see. So I want to get into that. Uh, how, actually, I'll start off by saying, how's first week on the job? Are you at home or have you been able to go into the Barstool office yet? Yeah, I was just there earlier today. I'm home now because we were talking about this. I'm getting ready to go on my bachelor party tomorrow. So they were like, you know what? Go home, get mentally ready. Um, but no, I, I went in a couple a couple times earlier this week and I went in last week to sort of meet everybody. It's good. You know, it's like I made in my head, I made this decision a long time ago. So, you know, some of the, the shine, so to speak, is worn off, right? Like in my head, the whole like, oh my God, I work for Barstool. That was kind of like in July. Yeah beginning of August and that was tough too because I was keeping a secret which is I'm not very good at you know as my friends know um but yeah it's it's exciting it's going to be a learning process I don't know exactly what what it's going to look like I don't know how much I'm going to be writing I don't know how many events I'm going to go to all this stuff is going to be a little bit of trial and error but it's a significant pivot for me in my career um yeah I, I'm under no illusions that you know Barstool is a, a similar place to Golf Digest it's obviously very different but just something that I felt like I was ready for and I you know I sound like a live golfer, but yeah, I thought long and hard about it. And, and, you know, I, I, this is, this is what I think is best for me. So I'm super yeah. happy. Well, congratulations on, on getting married too, by the way, that's coming up. Thank Bachelor you. party in Vegas. I mean, that's perfect for a guy who just jumped ship to go to Barstool. It's a lot. It's Bachelor a lot. Vegas parties are, are the best. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll, well it's like, it's, I'm the first one of my friends. So I kind of crowdsourced it to them. I was like, what do you, what do you guys want to do? Where Vegas. should we go? And they were just like, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Like, let's just do Vegas. So how old are you? I'm 27. 
27. That's that's a good age to yeah. get married. Definitely a good age. Yeah. I got married. I'll be 28 when we get married. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got married way too young. Uh your brain is fully developed. You got a you got a big brain in that head of yours too. So you should be good. How um, old were you? How old was I when I got married? Yeah. I was 23 when I got married. Are you still married? Yeah, same same girl. Okay, so then you weren't so then you weren't that. Just too celebrated young. 15 years. I'll be 39 yeah, so, here in a couple months. So it worked out. There you weren't too young. Oh no, we about killed each other, man. Listen, you'll you'll learn more about that. We'll have you on in another year, and I'll be like, "Hey, Daniel, tell me, tell me all the little things that you do on a daily basis that you've done the last X years of your life that irritate the living shit out of your wife." And you'll be able to rattle yeah. off like three or four things. Oh, I am absolutely sure. Sorry, my my thing keeps beeping. It's a new computer. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut it off. Oh, but good. yeah, no, we're we're uh, we're going strong right now. But I'm sure there'll be. I mean, the travel's already driving her crazy. So. You know you're going to be traveling. You're going to be playing some golf. I know you're a stick. You instantly become the best golfer on Barstool Foreplay. Actually, just I was, I was uh, walking down 10 Fairway at Eastlake with John Tillery, a friend of ours, uh, Coach John Tillery, and I actually asked him because he tried to help me with my game a little bit. I saw he said that he thinks Riggs is better than you. Yeah, dude. And, and I, I mean, I know Riggs has been grinding. I see it. But I don't think he is, and, and it, really, it really disappointed me. Now, I know you're better than me, so had I asked that question just a week later, I would have known the answer. JT would have changed his answer. It would have all been good. You're going to get to play a lot more golf, buddy. I know you're pumped about that. Yeah, it's, it's just super, super, super different. Like, where I, you know, I went to journalism school, and before yeah. golf died, I just worked at Sports Illustrated, and, you know, one of, the, one of the key principles is, like, you're never the story, right? Like, you're, you're here to, to relay other people's story. You're here to tell other people's story. Um, which is what I thought and what I believed and what I was doing for the past five years. Um, so it's, a, it's definitely like weird for me to, to have the camera kind of turn the other way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was reading, someone sent me some Reddit thread. Um, some, there's like a Barstool Reddit community and, and they were you know, talking about me and college. And, and I'm just, it's, it's just very strange to me that there's people out there who, yeah. who care about us and what we do. Um, but there are, and it's really cool. Um, but I'm, I'm still getting used to the idea of like me going out, uh, the four of us going out and playing golf and having the cameras on and that being the product yeah. as opposed to yeah. watching someone else playing golf and, and sort of telling their story. So it's really, really different. So, you know, I read your article and I remember when this went down, uh, the whole barstool versus old head media situation. Mm-hmm. We were very much riding the barstool coattails on that one as we considered ourselves new media we started in 2015 before the podcast boom um and felt and, and felt the little bit of the struggle in terms of like at that time at least getting access at the pga tour the way we wanted it dealing with professional golfers at the level we wanted to without being big j journalists it was very hard uh, we had people you know that didn't like the way we presented some of our content as well and it rubbed people the wrong way or whatever um but you know, we're still here. And, and I remember when that went down, I know Jeff Shackelford was like the other side of it for old head media. And, and you talked about how that was kind of this aha moment for you when you kind of realized like, man, I'm, I'm a 20 young year old, uh, I was 24, 24. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of realizing like, man, I, I, I relate more to this barstool vibe, but I'm, I'm in this old media thing. Like, I guess talk through that. And weren't you, did, did you, were you on the side of, did you like kind of go after Barstool during that time or no? Am I mis- no, I'm misremembering no, I'm that. Sm- I was smart enough to not do that. Good. I, I don't want to cross any stoolies. Um, yeah, it was, 
you know, I just, as we kind of talked about, like, I wanted to get into that world of being in the media center and, and interviewing players and being at the press conferences. Like that was, for me, that was the goal. And so I had done it and I was president's cup and I was super excited. And then these guys come in who didn't go to journalism school, you know, yep. don't write articles. Uh, and I, I think it was, it was a very stark reminder or eye opener just about how media is changing. You know, and, and how it, it, maybe I wanted to do this and write magazines and, and but that just wasn't the way that the media was trending. And, and no matter how much you want something personally, you know, you, you sort of have to have your eyes open and realize what the actual trends are and what, yeah. what consumers are vibing with. And I just grew to believe over the next, you know, two or three years that while I really liked what I was doing. You know, I don't know how much appeal it had to the general public, especially to the younger audience, you know. And so you just got to do some soul searching about like, do I want to, you know, in my case, I thought like stubbornly continue down this path where, you know, I know what I know I can do this. I, I know I can cover tour events. I know I could write. I know I can do that stuff for Golf Digest. Yeah. Or do I want to try to get on the right side of momentum and get on the right side of media and move over into, you know, more of a situation of like what you guys do and what Barstool does? Like, so. It took a lot of, of soul searching, really. Like, cause again, I went to school for this. My first two jobs were in like the very much buttoned up media world. And so to finally convince yourself or start to believe that okay, it's okay to to move away from this, that was that was tough. That was yeah. difficult. Um, but you know, thankfully Barstool came on came along and and you know made me an offer and and it happened quickly at the end. But it was a long process of me of feeling like I was doing a really good job and feeling like I was doing exactly what I was doing, but just not feeling that much growth or that much momentum. Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like you're going to have the same level of access that you used to have when you were for golf digest, a buttoned up big J journalist out, outfit, uh, in terms of PGA tour events, because I mean, it doesn't seem, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like a lot of the times I see the barstool guys on on the grounds doing media stuff. It's usually not with regular run of the mill PGA tour events, is it? That's correct. I think part of the reason of that is they don't really want to gotcha. like that's, that's not really their, their shtick. Yeah. Um, it is my shtick. You know, I'm going to the president's cup with a media credential. You know, I, I applied for my season long PGA tour credential for the next year. You know, I'm, I'm expecting to yep. get it. Um, I think there's a lot of people at the PGA tour who, who know, sort of what I was conveying to you earlier that, you know, yeah. media is changing and, you know, the, some of these, some of the guys or, or people in the media center who, you know, write for these, you know, local magazines or local news stations or even national news stations, like, you know, it's no disrespect at all to what they're doing, but the reach is just not the same. No. And, no. and it's, you know, it's a media center, right? It's not a, it's not a journalism center, right? It, it, it should be, you know, a place where the, where the tour and, or, or whoever, is trying to reach people and, and, you know, we have a very large audience and a very large following. And, you know, I think there is definitely a younger contingent. In fact, I know there's a younger contingent at the PGA tour who works in the, you know, comm staff yep. and the media staff who, who know what's going on and they like Barstool and, you know, they wish that there could be a stronger relationship there. But, and I, you know, I've said this to the guys, to the Barstool guys, it's like the way they acted in the past definitely didn't help their cause, right? Like going in there and starting fights and, you know, not following rules. I totally get it from like a content perspective, but you know, the, the tour is, is a very buttoned up oh, yeah. place and it's a, it's a big ship. And so they're used to doing things and dealing with a certain 
type of person and a certain type of media outlet. Yeah. Uh, and when someone comes in and doesn't follow the rules and, and is really disruptive, that's obviously going to strike some people the wrong way. Yeah. So, you know, but I've been dealing with the PJ tour people for the last couple of years. I've been at a bunch of events. I know these people, they know me, you know, I'm hopeful that, um, and this is something that I've spoken to, to Riggs and to Barstool about is like, I wanted them to hire me for me. Yeah. Not, not to just become Barstoolized. So I'll be there all week at the president's cup. You know, I, I intend to, to still go to, you know, the big tournaments and, and do my thing on the ground. Um, but again, it's going to be a bit of a learning, a learning curve and a learning process to see what works and what, what doesn't. I mean, obviously, live is the topic of conversation everywhere. I mean, we're primarily a betting and daily fantasy show, but we still are talking about live all the time. It's a hot topic, obviously. Um, we're covering live from a betting perspective. Um, you know, from a tour junkies uh, HQ side of things, like Pat, my my co-host, is very much anti-live. Um, I am kind of on the fence. I, I see some redeeming things about it. I obviously see the the things that are are nasty about it. Um, I've, we've gotten to have a small peek behind the curtain of the PGA tour on a couple of occasions, probably not to the, to the extent you have. And it felt a lot of what you're talking about, um, coming in as kind of that new version of media with a, you know, a squirrel mascot doesn't really suit, doesn't really fit in all that well at the RSM classic media center to a lot of those guys. Uh, so my question is like, don't you think it kind of, I was thinking about your situation today and thinking about your, your experience at, at the 2019 President's Cup and the aha moment, like the old head media versus the new Barstool thing. And it kind of draws similarities to live in the PGA Tour at the moment, right? Like there are some factors about live. I was just talking to my son about this the other day, um, who's 12 years old, and he's wondering why, you know, what the deal is with live. And, you know, I'm explaining to him some of the differences. You know, they, they play freaking music during the, the, you know, music's blaring at the driving range, right? That's not happening at the PGA Tour. I mean, God dang, we're not that far removed from when, like, Brendan Steele ripped a hole into Willie Wilcox for playing music on the driving range out of a small Bluetooth speaker. Um, you, you know, and then, and then the, the, you know, Liv's got Commissioner Greg Norman pouring beers down the gullets of patrons, you know, like, sorry, I'm in Augusta, I say patrons, but, like, do, do you see those similarities where, like, in ways, Liv feels like the Barstool Professional Golf Association? Uh, and I know, I know you've covered a lot of Live stuff, but, like, what are your thoughts in general in terms of the good things that are going on over there versus, you know, what the PJ Tour needs to continue to look at changing? All right, we're going to get right back to Dan Rappaport in just a second. If you wouldn't mind, if you're enjoying the podcast, will you stop for just a second and leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify? It just takes just a couple of seconds. If you're listening on Apple, it's very easy. And if you've done it before, it's okay. You can actually go back and do it again, and it helps us out a lot. Five stars, write something nice. We would appreciate it. Same thing on Spotify. It's one of the best things you can do for the Tour Junkies if you enjoy the content, and it doesn't cost you anything, but just a couple of minutes. So if you're enjoying the content, take just a second. Leave us a review. It helps us out. All right, back to DRAP. Yeah, it's an interesting parallel for sure. I think Liv right now is in the business of being the anti-PGA Tour. Right. So whatever the PGA Tour does, Liv's going to do the opposite. Right. Right. The PGA Tour has all these very strict rules about who you can bring inside the ropes. And you, know, you can't film yeah. this or that. Liv is like, do whatever you want to do. Yep. You know, the PGA Tour has given out courtesy cars. Liv is, you know, having given everybody a driver for the week. Basically, they're just trying to do whatever the opposite of what the PGA Tour does. So. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen they've they've had. I think it's like Country Club with Jason. I think is the, yeah. is the podcast that they've had a lot around a lot. You know, kind of cracking jokes 
during press conferences and and they're just trying to to draw a stark divide between what their tournaments look and feel like and what the PJ Tour tournaments look and feel like. So yeah, I, I think you're on to something for sure. Whereas like they they feel like they are clearly trying to appeal to a younger demographic. I think that's really clear with the way it's presented with the marketing, right? It's like big and bold and yeah, you know, all these capital letters. The PJ Tour kind of feels more like mom and poppy, you know, kind of more Grant Thornton, like sell insurance type of thing. Uh, it's definitely different you, with the live stuff that, you know, more generally speaking, uh, you know, the, I think the idea of having a set number of, of events that, you know, all the players are going to play in that the PJ Tour has already taken. That. I mean, that's, that's something that has been one of the huge issues yeah. for professional golf for a long time. How can we get the best players in the world to play against each other more often? Yeah. Well, Liv came around and like, all right, we gotta have these 14 events and every player is going to play in all of them. That's a really attractive thing to a television broadcaster. Yeah. That's really attractive to sponsors um, because they know that if I pay for this money, I'm going to get exactly who I think I'm going to get at this tournament. Right. You, know, you think about like an AT&T who sponsors the Pebble Beach event. And that tournament's just been decimated the last two years by the Saudi International. They ain't, they're not getting their money back, right? They still have to pay the prize fund, even if it's to, to guys that they didn't expect to be there. You know, they don't want winning their tournament. They yeah. want someone big winning their tournament. So that's, that's one of the main things that I think is, is really is different. And, and the PJ Tour has, has looked at that and said, we need to incorporate that. It's, it's just having a defined schedule where you know who you're going to see. And I think... You know, the 54 holes thing, I don't think that that's anything. I don't think it makes a really a big difference. I don't think that, that people are going to like really like or gravitate toward that a lot. You know, I think it's, I don't think everyone's, you know, you, you shorten it one day and all of a sudden you get this huge audience. You know, I don't think that the yeah. shotgun start is really that, tra- you know, transformative. Maybe it's good from a TV perspective, but the TV are only really following the last couple groups anyway. It's not like, yeah. they're, not like everyone has to watch nine hours if they want to watch the golf on Sunday. Right. But I, I, I do think this idea of having a schedule uh, where you know exactly who's going to be playing and when they're going to be playing, that seems to be the main thing that I think is just an uh, indisputable good for, for golf. Yeah, 100%. I wanted to ask you, so I know we got a limited time here, and I want, to, I want to make sure I get a couple things in. Your Morgan Hoffman story, uh, which I, I think went really, really well. It was an incredible piece. I, it did take me a while to read it. It was quite lengthy. It was uh, long. But it was interesting. <laughs> Um, and I know you, you put it all out there and, but I'm, I'm curious to know if there was one thing or one experience or one thing that didn't make it into that story or <laughs> just an interesting thing for you um, to go and spend that much time with him in that environment. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just had, you know, I thought about discussing this in the story, but it was already long enough. Um, that trip had a, had a very personal impact uh, impact on me really like yeah the, the next week or two you know i was i was it stayed with me like you know, you, i live in new york city which is which is the most concrete yep. uh you know sort of capitalism everywhere and and you know just chaos in the streets and yeah you know there's no real visible life around it's concrete everywhere and you go into the the jungle really of costa rica and and people are living off the land and uh, and they seemed happier. Yeah. You know, they, they're barefoot and, and, you know, they're smoking weed in the morning and they're just picking, you know, fruits and that they're eating out of their backyard. And yep. um, it was just, it was just really eye opening that there's a lot of different ways to reach 
that sort of level of contentment that people have when their head hits the pillow, just being happy when they go to sleep and happy when they wake up. And, and just the joy that I, set, that I, I saw down there, uh, the people that I spoke to at the time, I mean, I just had such a, such a good time that I got back to New York and it was like culture shock. Yep. I actually think I went to Chicago afterwards because it was right around Thanksgiving and I was at my fiance's family's house. And I think, you know, we, we went from in, in Costa Rica, we were eating like nuts and fruit Grapes right off and- the land and fresh grown. I think we ordered like pizza and wings that night. And I was just like, this is, this is the most different it could possibly yep. be. So I think just the personal impact it had on me, um, you know, and I've tried to eat a little better and, and be more conscious about, you know, what I'm putting into my body and stuff, just because you go down there and, and it will definitely stick with you. Are there any stories or, or topics or um, things that you felt like you, you, you couldn't have done at Golf Digest or, or work turned down at Golf Digest that like when you, when you knew you were doing the Barstool thing, you were like, man, I cannot wait because I know they'll say yes to X, Y, Z. Like what is that? Or, or maybe give us a little preview of what, if you know of, of what is coming out of, out of yeah. coverage. Tease us yeah, I think I'm going to be doing a lot more video storytelling. Um, which, which wasn't really, uh, a big part of my job at golf digest. Yeah. You know, I think Barstool has a lot more resources as yeah. far as, you know, we have full-time producers and yep. video editors, and cameramen, and, and, uh, they have such a strong relationship with their advertisers that you come to them with an idea and it sounds good and they'll sell it. And they'll get it made, right? Like as long as as long as someone wants to sponsor it, you know, as long as it makes sense financially, it will happen. They basically seem to, you know, they don't really hire people like right out of college to to, to be on sort of the talent side. They hire people who they they know are proven and who they believe have a their finger on the pulse of whatever yeah. sport they're covering or whatever niche they're covering, and then they just kind of turn them loose. So um, there's a couple of things I, I hope coming down the road that are going to be um, s- some more video stuff that's not just um, no, not the podcast. It's going to be, you know, scripted story, yeah. storytelling or, or sort of these kind of mini documentary type stuff that, um, which is such a logistical hurdle at, at golf digest. And I don't, yeah. I can't do it myself. I don't, I, I can't really shoot video. I don't know really how to edit any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and at digest, it just felt like the resources weren't quite there. Whereas at Barstool, it's like, okay, I have this idea for a video series where I go do this, 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 and they're like, oh, we can do that. Like we have people who can do that for you. So it's just more resources. I like it. I love that. I think that'll be interesting. You'll be good at that. A little barstool Jimmy Roberts, maybe occasionally. Yeah, draw. hopefully not quite so sappy, but well, yes. Occasionally, though, you got to draw a tear out of us. Occasionally, even the barstool crowd. Um, so, have you have you had a meeting yet with with the big guy with Portnoy yet? You had a chance to sit down. With I him? have not. I no, saw the I saw text him in the message office. about him approving yeah. the hire, which is funny. I saw it. I uh, I saw him in the office. This was last week, I think, and I I hadn't like officially signed, or I mean, I'd signed, but I, there was no announcement. And, you know, you walk into the office and there's just like cameras everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just shooting everything. So yeah. I was having this conversation and he kind of walks around the corner and I could tell that I was like in the through shot of the camera. And I was like, I think I'm going to walk through this way <laughs> because I don't want to be, I don't want to spoil this at all. Um, haven't met him yet. Uh, I've met Erica, spoken to Erica a few times. Uh, Portnoy, he, you know, I saw he tweeted something nice, said yep. I was like too good for them or something. Yep. I, someone sent me a clip of him saying something similar on the, the Dave Portnoy show, show yesterday. Uh, but no, I haven't met him, but I've been told that the way to handle that is like, if you see him, I go up to him, shake his hand, like yeah. be a normal person because yeah. it's almost like, you know, dogs, like when they sense they fear, smell and I think that's, when they, yeah. that's exactly, that's when they pounce. 
Uh, uh, do you, so do you plan on like, uh, I mean, I, I think, I think your addition will also be a great thing for Trent and his game, you know, just having a, a better player that he can play regularly with. So hopefully you can help Trent. Cause I mean, I feel bad for Trent. I've watched him struggle now for a couple of years trying to break 90 and, and he's getting, he, you know, I guess he got there or he's getting there. Um, but it's a, it's rough. So Godspeed to you. Cause I feel like you being the better player in the group, he's going to lean on you, you know, when he doesn't have JT. I think so. It's, it seems like it'll be like, you know, Trent and I versus the other two. Cause they're, they're close and handicapped now. I think they're both like a right around yeah. four or five or three in that range. Yeah. And I'm a little better than that. And, and Trent's, you know, probably more in like the 16, 17, 18 yeah. range. So you can get paired usually up you go it. high, low. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, good luck to you. Hey, uh, Dan, we appreciate you coming on, man. Best of luck to you uh, at Barstool and obviously the wedding situation. I uh, hope you make good choices in Vegas. Okay. Good choices in Vegas. What's just, your just the least bad choices? What's your gambling plan of attack? I mean, this, this is a gambling show, so I do have to ask you that before you get off of, of here. I like to go into a casino, and the first thing I do is put a sum on red. Okay. And just see where we're at. And I think, I like think 47%. Uh, Hit right yeah there, exactly exactly have all the boys there hyping me up yeah that okay. moment when the ball is spinning is going to be electric if it hits it's going to be insane if not it'll be really really quiet and okay that's that's <laughs> that's so the we'll only go thing from you there. <laughs> we'll go we'll go from there and then we'll see what we'll see what happens if you it just, hits then we'll be uh we'll be in good shape when you get there and you do it you need to tweet out the red hit or red or red didn't hit and we'll, oh we'll trust me I'll, I'll i'll keep you all posted for sure uh, no time in the sports book or anything. Throwing down any bets on college football. Definitely, and- definitely. There's college football going on. I'm going with some. Some of my friends are like way more into it than I am, so I'm just going to tail them. I don't yeah. pretend to know all that much about college football, but some of my friends are like deep in it. Yeah. So, oh, definitely. Saturday night, I, I think we don't have any any night plans after dinner, so definitely be in the sports book, just watching and drinking you're, beers. Your Northwestern t- team the other. I know. Night. Big start. The, the QB looked good. Jeez. QB looked good. Holinsky. Yeah, they played well. I mean, Nebraska. I don't think is is a very good. Their program's not in a very good spot, but anytime Northwestern's yeah. one and out, we're, we're stoked. You're on happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate everybody who's follow Dan on Twitter. You probably already do. Um, what's the handle at Dan? Rappaport. Daniel underscore Rappaport. Daniel underscore Rappaport. Underscore. Oh, we're underscore too. Awesome. Big underscore, guys. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Uh, have a great bachelor trip, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.